Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And this is Pastor Keith here with Pastor Steve. So glad you're back with us here on Shouts of Grace Radio. You know, last two episodes, we had a fantastic conversation with Michael Cooper of the Send Church Planting Network, just talking about the dynamics of church planting in Utah. And it's great to have guests. Uh, it kind of breaks up the monotony a little bit of <laughs> just hearing uh, Steve and I. Uh, but today we are going to get back on track with our Live Wise series as we're taking a, just a journey through the book of Proverbs, letting the wisdom from God's Word, practical uh, application for everyday life, guide our conversation. And so we took a minor detour, but <laughs> we are back here uh, with uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3. Pastor Steve, it's good to be back together today. Yeah, it is. And isn't it good to, you know, I, I love hearing about what God is doing in the body of Christ as a whole, you know, and when we have guests like Michael Cooper that come on, you know, and he kind of gives us a perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. a kind of a church planning perspective, you kind of see the grandeur of of the body of Christ and just how God is moving in so many different areas outside of our little, our little realm. I think it's so important for us to get outside of the bubble and conversations like that one with uh, Michael lets us get outside of the bubble of what, you know, what's normal for us. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I I just think that people need to see the church that they're a part of or the Christian Mm -hmm. ministry that they're connected with personally as just one small part of the greater body of Christ at work to glorify God in the world through the proclamation of the gospel. And uh, that our last two conversations definitely helped us to see that to see things from a different perspective. And, and, and good news, because I believe last week you guys had, uh, River Community had their first uh, their first official Sunday service. Absolutely. Right? How'd this that is, go? This has been good. an incredible weekend. God has really done so many things to confirm and to give us peace that this is what we were called to do. And seeing people gather in worship and gather in community and really go out with with purpose to reach their their neighborhood, you know, their their place. That's one of our emphasis is, is that we're taking, as we leave the church, we are the front door of the church. Mm. Now, you guys are in West Jordan, so that's that's kind of an untapped area in, in, in essence, isn't it? I mean, well, it's for not church a, planting, it yeah. is. There are some established churches, and there's quite a few more traditional denominational churches. But as far as uh, anything new in the mm. way of church planting, it's been pretty dry in West Jordan for a little while. Yeah, And uh, God... God actually placed me and my family there uh, seven years ago. We Mm. moved here in 2010, and after about a year or so, we moved into a home in West Jordan. Mm. And we've just done life in that community, even though we've often gone to church and and worked outside of West Jordan. You know, that's where our friends are. That's where shopping takes place. You know, just life, everyday life. And so in our journey with Redemption Hill and Eagle Mountain and now Saratoga Springs, there was a lot of... Of, of attempting to disconnect the roots to yeah. relocate and and through that process and you and and uh, Trisha and, and the whole family there at Redemption Hill have walked with us through this process we just realized you know we are rooted here in this mm-hmm. community and there is a harvest That's you right. know just as Jesus said to lift our eyes and look the harvest is already here but mm-hmm. the laborers for the harvest are few 
And so we realized God called us to that community, and uh, our experience at Redemption Hill was very formative in in helping us have the right focus mm. in in what it meant to to reach that community for Christ. So yeah, we're in West Jordan. Uh, if you're listening and you live anywhere near West Jordan, Utah, go to come to the river church. That's our website. Come to the river church. We're River Community Church. Uh, we're meeting Sunday afternoons. This is kind of a different thing for me. Sunday afternoons at five p.m. Mm. Um, and and a lot of folks are excited about us, us bringing back the Sunday evening church, so to speak. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna we're doing church a little backwards. We're starting with a Sunday evening, and and by God's grace, we'll find a place where we can meet Sunday morning as well. You, you know what you said, Keith is is not it's it's not uncommon. You know, I think it's I want to say Acts fifteen or Acts sixteen. Um, when Paul wanted to press into Asia, he said that the spirit forbid him hmm. to go. And it's, it was his heart to go there, but he was directed, you know, and, and, and ultimately he got the call to go into Macedonia and, um, and, and so forth. And so, um, I, I think, I think that you guys were sensitive to the Lord. You set a direction, you know, man, man, you know, sets his heart and plans his plans, his ways, but God directs his steps. That's right. and, and at some point, That's you know, one could say, yeah, in <laughs> fact, at some point, what one could say of river community and, and your team is, Hey, we, we, we sought to bring, you know, the gospel into Utah County, but the Lord forbid us, mm-hmm. you know, not, not mm-hmm. that God's forbidding it, but he had something different yes. and, and, and you had to go with that. And so I think that's, that's important. And, and, and I really like, and I know you'd agree with this, and I don't want to get too far off of what we're going to talk about, but you would agree with this. There's something, there's something special and fresh about starting new works. It, yes. it, it's, it's not necessarily an, an attack on an old work or an established work. It's just something fresh and new. And mm-hmm. there's something good when a congregation's heart is stirred up in either going and planting something or being a part of supporting it, it, it there's a vibrancy that it just yes. adds to that congregation. I know Redemption Hill is blessed to know that we're 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 parting ways in a way where we're sending our friends out and That's our right. church family out, and and we could not be happier. Um, and 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 we're going to be partakers of the fruit of of river community. That's yeah. just the that's the thing that blows me away. It's like it's like, I, and I got to communicate that over and over to Redemption Hill. Is that listen, you guys, we are partakers of the fruit corporately, yes. individually, as we give, yes. as as we support, and so that's that's just an amazing thing how it works in God's economy. So I'm I'm super super excited for you guys. Yeah, so, and God works in an economy of multiplication, and so as you have sent us. He's bringing people. He's already brought people your way that hmm. you're, you're you're looking at. Like, wow, this is amazing how God does this. We send, we release, we let go, and God brings more people. Amen. And and it's being multiplied in all directions. And we're thankful Amen. to be a part of that. Amen. So the Word of God multiplies in our hearts as we seek to uh, trust and obey what the Lord has to say as being true and being wise. And so in our Live Wise series, it brings us to today's. Uh, text, Proverbs 19, verse 3, which says, When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Pastor Steve. Mm. So I, I I like the way the, the NIV puts it as well. It says, A person's own folly leads to their ruin, mm. yet their heart rages against the Lord. And you know, Keith, we live in a in a in a culture and a society that passes the buck a lot. It blames everything on everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a product of my environment. Um, 
I do what I do because my dad did this or my mom was this way or, you know, my, my husband treats me this way. My wife treats me this way. This, this is why I did what I did. Right. Um, and, and, and what we don't see a lot is we don't see people owning their mm. own folly, their own sin. Right. We see them making excuses for it. And, and, and you know, this as well, whenever anybody makes excuses for their conduct, Rather than owning and confessing and repenting, that excuse will only lead to more excuses. And it really introduces them down a pathway, which this proverb really describes when it says a person's own folly leads to their ruin. Now, it's not necessarily, though there are certain things that we can do that can bring sudden destruction and ruin on our lives, you know, mm-hmm. practically and, and, and certainly if we, if we took took that to the grave, but, but he says, it's interesting that it leads to their ruin. And, wow. and, and I like that because when a person ends up on the shores of, of a personal destruction, um, it, it isn't overnight, Keith, it's something that has been, it has been foolish living, foolish decisions, and it has led them down a pathway. And, and here's what I love about that. Even though it's leading them down that pathway, God's in the pathway. Mm. He's in the pathway trying to correct, trying to rebuke, trying to keep them from the ultimate ruin of, of their marriage or their relationship or whatever. And I can speak personally on this, Keith. There has been a, several times, um, you know, probably one more recently in the last few years, where, where God would convict me of something. And, and I knew, okay, I got I to gotta repent of this. I just got to repent of this mindset I got to repent of this, of this carelessness, you know, um, and, and I, and I didn't, it was easier for me to just kind of get set into it. And, and, and then ultimately what happens is over a period of time as God's waiting and waiting and waiting, then the consequence comes, mm-hmm. right? And then when the consequence comes, your eyes are open and you're like, man, why didn't I listen to the Holy Spirit right. along the path? Because here's the key, though I was, my folly was leading me down a path. God was still talking to me. He didn't know. Right. Abandoned me in right. that path. He was still saying, "Hey, bro, come on, snap out of this. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt." And I didn't listen, and it ultimately hurt. And so I think that's important to understand. The first part of this is our folly is a pathway, Keith, that over time will lead us to ruin. We can put it this way: There's an expression that we use called the blame game, mm. and I think when it boils down to it, when we play the blame game, we will always lose. There's no winning the blame game. We point our fingers to other people. We point our fingers to God. Like you said, we use circumstances, upbringing, history, culture, neighborhood. I mean, mm. you can just go on and on and Who on. Who started the blame game? Right. Quiz. Who started the bone? Hey. <laughs> and how did that work out? That how did God respond? As, as, it, as, it was, uh, as it's been said, Adam blamed Eve, and Eve blamed the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> nice Genesis chapter 3 look yeah, it up right. it's there <laughs> and, and of course and of course God God was fine with the blame game he held them all responsible <laughs> he did he did not a single one of them got off the hook and and I think that's the one thing that this this teaches us is when our own folly has to be dealt with we, we are going to be held responsible we are accountable whether we accept it or not we are accountable for our own foolishness and eventually, we're going to have to pay up. We're going mm-hmm. to have to uh, to make a reckoning. Uh, we were recently doing the morning show on Key Radio. And if you want to find out more about Key Radio, go to keyradio.org. They've been such a wonderful host of Shouts of Grace Radio, and we're so thankful for their partnership. So keyradio.org, yes, this is a plug. You need to go there. 
Um, but we were talking about Nahum and how Nahum the prophet was bringing a a prophecy of judgment against Nineveh, who 100 years approximately previously had received a message from Jonah. You know, here they are just in, in blatant sin and rebellion, and uh, this guy shows up just having been spit out by a giant fish, and he's all wrapped in seaweed and bleached, and his hair's falling out, and he's like, judgment and wrath and doom and gloom. And and uh, and their response was to repent of their mm-hmm. sin. And so their history was changed. It was altered. God gave them mercy, and he gave them favor. Well, a hundred years later, and they're back as a culture to the mm-hmm. old ways, and now it's time for God to deliver justice. Their folly had led them to a place where they now, as a nation, had to pay the price for their sin. Hmm. You know, Keith, um, it, Scripture says um, in Proverbs, um, sorry, in Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, it says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And, and that is, that's a precious verse to me because it's something that God gave me during a time when when I had, I had choices to make, do I downplay the sin? Do I downplay my participation in this? Do I downplay my guilt in this mm. so that I don't look as bad in front of people, but I'm not being honest with God? Mm. Or am I honest and do I forsake them and confess them because mercy is on the heels of that? You know, Keith scripture says that every man proclaims his own goodness but who can find a truthful man? Wow. And and for me, that just became this thing like, okay, Lord, I am prone to always downplay this folly of mine, right? And and to always kind of make excuses for it, right? But here's the thing. The only way I can find myself off this path that leads to ruin is I have to own my own folly. I have to confess it and forsake it, and I'll find mercy, and, and, and I think a lot of times we have a misconception mm. of, of, of what that means, and we think that we're somehow we're going to be better or we're going to be safer if we don't let people in to just mm. how bad it can be. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Okay, so we've been talking about the fact that we all are to blame for our own folly. We want to play the blame game, but there's no winning that game. It always ends up in defeat. And from Proverbs 19.3, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. It's our own folly that leads to destruction. It's our own sinfulness that leads to that. But you're talking about, and this is this is something that you mentioned in that verse, the, the power of confession. Mm. You know, a lot of times we, we kind of have a misguided idea of what it means to confess our sins. Like I have to go to somebody and just blah, and you know, now they mm. know all my bad news. But confession is not simply verbalizing sin, but confession is agreeing with the facts, agreeing yes. with the truth. And so when God declares my state of sinfulness before him and the fact that I am responsible, I own my own sin. I can't blame anybody. There's nobody else responsible for my own sin. I bear the guilt myself. 
When I begin to confess, what I'm saying is, God, you are truthful. God, what you say, what your word declares about my condition is completely, flawlessly honest and truthful. I agree with it. I'm not going to resist it anymore. I'm not going to try to explain it away or excuse it. I agree with you, God. Confession begins with agreeing with the truth. That's right. How does a person, you know, how does a person gain right standing with God? Scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us, right? Mm-hmm. It, but then it talks about a fellowship that we have one with another, right? Right, and and all of that is based on an honesty before God. Now, God may or may not have us confess that to men. You know, sometimes I think the Lord will. The sin is such of a nature that God will say, hey, you know, you need to come clean. Right. But sometimes there's just those hidden caverns of our heart that, that just have those dark pockets and, and they express themselves. And sometimes God would say, you need to acknowledge this before me, you know, and you need to agree with me and let's change this here. In other words, being a Christian doesn't mean that every single dark pocket of our heart is expressed to all the people around us. I mean, Scripture even says of, of that, it says that a fool bears his whole heart. Right. I mean, who, who, would be able to, who would be able to stand if you saw the darkness of man's heart? But when God brings something to us, in whatever context that is, to, to, to repent openly to others or to repent before him, there's freedom in that, Keith. There, there really is this sense of, okay, I can stop this path of ruin right here. Right. And, and give myself instead freedom. But I think the thing that I have that, that, that I kind of have an issue with is, is the last part of this verse. It says a person's folly leads them to ruin, yet their heart rages against mm. the Lord. Mm. And, and I think it's when we see the end result of sin. And this is this is humanity in general. When we see the end result of sin, there's a rage and an anger in our heart. But we're pointing the finger at the wrong person. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, it's like we want to we want to turn and want to blame God and say, I, you know, this isn't right. You're not loving. You're not fair. You're not good. I shouldn't be. Yet the first part is God saying, but but this led you this way. I didn't yeah. just show up one day and slap you, slap judgment on you because you stepped out of line. Right. You you were your own folly led you that way. Right. And that yet God gets the blame. Can you explain the mind behind that? Well, I, I think it comes down to what. David had to say in Psalm 51, and maybe Solomon, as he's writing this, is recounting that, is, is David said, against you and you only, God, I have sinned. He, he came to a point where he realized this, this sin of mine, this pattern of behavior, this rebellion that I have, it, it, may, not, it may not end up as an earthly destruction. But for David, it, it did in a lot of ways. But ultimately, there is a reckoning. And, and I think people... I think people get very short-sighted. I know I do. We get very short-sighted. We we don't think beyond tomorrow. We don't think beyond the moment of our sin. And, you know, Scripture tells us that sin is pleasurable for a moment. And I, I, we get caught up in that. We get caught up in the in the emotional and mental highs of our sin and just how, how it makes us feel to know that, you know, we, we got one over on somebody because we, we fudged the numbers here or we took something there or the company has been cheating their employees anyway, so it's okay for me to do this. Or, you know, there, there's just all these ways in our relationships with other people where we're justifying it as, as like a, a an economy. You know, it's this economy where it's win and lose and win and lose, and this person did this, so I can do this, and I can get even, and, you know, I can stick it to them. And we're never looking up. We're never mm-hmm. looking 
to the fact that God is the one that we are ultimately accountable. Yeah. And so I, I think confession and agreement with the truth just begins with saying, you know, I don't, I'm not living just for the moment. Mm. I, my life isn't just about today. It isn't just about immediate gratification. There is, there is an eternal consequence or there is an eternal right. reward uh, that, that I can be living for. What do I want to choose? What, mm. What's my choice today? Mm. Do, do I live for the moment and receive judgment later? Or do I live for eternity Mm. and let the blessings of God flow through my life? Mm. Keith, the human heart is a scary thing. Mm. It is a very scary thing because in how it operates and how it functions. um, In the book of Revelation, when God is pouring out uh, judgments, um, when the seventh bowl judgment comes, there's there's this great earthquake. There's great hellstones. And and remind you, this is after a lot of other judgment, right? Mm -hmm. And people experience this. There's hellstones that are thrown to the earth, and then it says, and the people looked up and cursed God for the plague and the hell because the plague was so severe. Mm. And the human heart is interesting in that the hardness of it, when God is trying to penetrate it, the hardness of it, when it begins to suffer from its own folly, it's able to look up even in the midst of the judgment itself and curse God and say, I don't like the hellstones, not realizing, then stop doing what you're doing. Mm. (laughs) You know, if you don't like the judgment of sin, stop looking up at God and saying it's God's fault. It's your own folly. Stop it. If you stop it, then you might find that God will relent of the disaster that he, that, that he is allowing to be brought upon you by your own folly. But we can't blame the the creator of the universe. Who's an all loving God for what we're doing. Right. Instead of blaming, we need to start believing, That's believing right. that God is true, believing that God is righteous. You know, the Bible says, and this is God, this is God speaking, be holy as I am holy. Mm. Like he is calling us into a separation from sin, a separation from uh, temporary things into a complete fullness of his life, his righteousness, his holiness. And it begins the same way. Uh, for us, as it did going all the way back to the very beginning, you know, even Abraham has said he was accounted righteous because of his faith. Mm. It was by belief in God. Stop fighting God. Stop resisting God. Stop stop giving God, you know, uh, the blame for everything. Or stop mm. blaming other people. You don't you don't win at the blame game. What what we're encouraged to do, and this is wisdom, is to come humbly before God mm. and to confess our sins. You know, and it's. It, it's saying, I am a sinner. I That's am right. not perfect. Not pointing fingers, but but lifting our hands and surrender and saying, I am a sinner. And mm. then believing that God has taken care of our sinfulness, our condition, and he is extending mercy and grace Amen. to us because of the justice given to God, or given to us by God through Jesus on the cross. Mm. Well, we're just about done with today's episode, and we're so glad that you joined us. If you're in a place right now where you are dealing with your sin and you're pointing the finger, can we encourage you to stop? Mm. Can we encourage you to look up and realize there is a God that loves you so much? Yes. He has even allowed some of the consequences of your sin to 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 uh, come to fruit in your life because he's drawing you to himself. Mm. He wants you to turn from that sin and turn to him, turn to his love, That's right. turn to his grace. So if there's any way that we can help you as you turn your life to God through Jesus Christ, go to shoutsofgraceradio.com, and we would love to hear from you, connect with you, 
and uh, get you plugged in to a community of Christians uh, who are going to help you, just like you. They're going to help you follow Jesus. They're going to help you live a life. Uh, but it all begins putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. Pastor Steve, this has been a tough but good conversation. Amen. Blessings. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.